Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show with your featured host, Shaw McCain, a forensic counselor, psychic, writer, artist, modern-day Christian mystic, and UFO experiencer. Shaw introduced guests who are experts on all aspects of the paranormal and the sacred. The Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show has been featured on Blog Talk Radio as Staff Pick. And now for your host, Shaw McCain. Hi everybody, this is Shaw McCain and we're speaking live from Southern California. And we're having a balmy, hot kind of night here tonight. And it's probably our first hot day it was like up to 95 today, and this has been the first hot day we've had all summer, really. And uh, I actually was sitting outside at the car dealership having my tires uh, checked out because the light was on for no good reason. And uh, it's still on because I had all new tires put on the other day. Anyway, it was a rough day. But to have a ending to the rough day, to a beautiful ending, I have an awesome gift uh, guest and his name is Jeff Patrick. He's an author and a heavy metal enthusiast. And he's born near Chicago, Illinois, and has loved horror films and literature, Halloween, vampires, werewolves, and monsters since he was born. He's a staff writer for the indie magazine The Hacker's Source in the 2000s, and he started publishing his work on Amazon Kindle in 2012. An unrepentant rocker and metalhead, Jeff is currently working on his new book, Dance with the Dead. It's soon to be published sometime uh, this month in 2020. Jeff Patrick also enjoys collecting books and horror film memorabilia and exploring old cemeteries and playing keyboard and bass guitar, bass guitar, sorry, and walking his dog near his home in Tennessee. And without further ado, I'm going to ask him several questions. I'm going to have him live and Pat Jeff, Mr. Jeff Patrick. Oh my goodness. I'm having a glitch in the studio. I'm my studio just blew up on me. I hope he doesn't hang up and I'm going to try to do my best to find out just what's happening. Um, there is a problem. Let me see if I can get him back. I'm not giving up. Jeff, is that you? I'm here. Yay! It did something really weird. It just, uh, was doing the spinning wheel of death. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Uh, I think I've heard of it. (laughs) Yeah, it's trying to kill me over here. So anyway, I was reading your book, uh, Blood and Roses, today. Black Roses. It was very <laughs> black and ro- black ro- rose. I'm sorry, I'm speechless right now. I'm ha- I'm having a lot of techn- technical difficulties, so I'm having a sweating sweating experience here, um, and I got very nervous. And anyway, I was reading your book, and I was really enjoying it. And I was uh, reading your cast of characters. And one character I really enjoyed was uh, your character named Paladin. And I was wondering Everybody why loves you... Paladin. 
I know. <laughs> so why don't you tell us a little bit why you chose the name Paladin, and uh, tell us about Paladin. Uh, well, I, you know, it's a little bit of a nod to D and D. I had a, well, I had a friend when I was doing. He had a German Shepherd named Ranger, and that's a that's a Dungeons and Dragons character class. You know, well, you know, Aragorn from Lord of the Rings and all that. You know. And a paladin is uh, basically a knight, you know. So that's, uh, you know, that that's kind of where I came up with that name for him. And uh, as to as to why I chose like a wolf to be his companion. Yeah, so I like uh, the whole concept. Well, it's an old Slavic lore that uh, I believe Slavic, so Eastern European of some sort, vampire lore was believed that white wolves would patrol graveyards at night and, you know, devour any vampires that rose from their graves. So, you know, the paladin is silver fur, but, you know, it's close enough to white. Well, I like what you said uh, in this whole line. It says, you mean paladin? Chris asked nonchalantly. And I think he's a wolf, actually, and he's really uh, better behaved than most of our customers. I just thought that was such a cool line. <laughs> Yeah, I'm someone I I, I I have and still do work as a bouncer. So, but uh, yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to ask you. This played into what you do for a living. Yes, yeah, I I, I worked as a bouncer. Well, yeah, uh, for off and on the last couple decades. <laughs> I'm probably really dating myself here, but yeah. No, you're not. I'm older than you. I'm probably old enough to be your mother, but. So we we go back because we uh, we were actually discussing uh, offline about uh, our first concerts and everything else. And um, my first concert was The Doors, and you were actually born just before uh, just before the uh, Jim Morrison passed away. And I was yeah. lucky. I was a lucky enough person to actually attend my first concert was The Doors. And Jim Morrison, and I was only 14, but for some bizarre reason, which I'll never, I thank God, you know, thank you God, uh, my dad in heaven, that uh, he saw fit to get me a ticket to see the doors. My dad was real conservative. I don't understand it to this day, but I saw the doors as my first concert. So what was your first concert? Oh, my goodness. Um Yes, I was never really a big concert fan. I just, you know, I, I've... I'm kind of not real big on crowds and stuff. I believe it was Metallica that I saw first saw in concert. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and it was an excellent show. Yeah. Cool. So you grew up just outside of Chicago. You want to tell us, uh, you know, where you were raised. You know, uh, what kind of family you were brought up in? Because I'd like to really hear about your origins. Of course. Uh, you know, it was. It's a. Well, basically, it's a village, really. It's still called a village to this day, Mokina. That's where I was, well, not really born. I, we moved there when I was three, but it's, you know. Uh, uh, but, yeah, that's, uh, you know, uh, my uh, family, you know, my father was a superintendent for a construction company. My mother, she, she uh, well, now she does tax, tax for, uh, for a tax office. She has her own tax office. And, yeah, uh, it's. Um, I, I've always, I was raised in a rather conservative family myself. Uh, basically, what got me started on 
with the uh, horror and monsters and stuff was, uh, well, at the time he was called Son of Sven the horror movie host. My, yes. uh, my my older brother, when my parents were watching something on TV that just didn't interest me, so I go out to the other room where there was a TV, and uh, my older brother, he's, he's watching the original Frankenstein on Sven and I was like, oh, this is interesting, and, you know, I, I sat down, and, you know, I got hooked right away. I mean, I kind of came in just as the monster was coming to life, just as things get interesting, and then the following week, it was, uh, you know, they announced next week, The Wolfman, and... Uh, I was like, hmm, I think I'm going to check that out. I kind of had to, my, yeah, my, my, you know, because I had such an, in, in fairness, I had an active imagination. I was easily frightened by, th- by, by things like that. So they weren't crazy about me watching The Wolfman, but I, I begged and I pleaded and they relented. And then, yeah, I was hooked from there. Now, the funny thing is, after watching it that night, I was kind of like, uh, you know, like as I thought I heard scratching outside, like, oh, no, the Wolfman, you know, he's scratching on the side of the door, but... You know, so I guess I kind of got that little bit of a, a thrill from that, you know. And that's, you know, I've always loved and you know, from then on, I was always, you know, at the library checking out books on ghost stories and vampire legends and that kind of a thing. And that's, uh, you were hooked. Very much so, yes. Well, those old movies were gorgeous, really beautiful to look at. I was raised on the same stuff, and especially the the earliest Frankenstein and the bride of Frankenstein and Dracula. I mean, we were all just totally addicted to watching. I watched every horror movie that came on. And to this day, I still watch them, but the ones that I can't watch to, you know, today is when it started turning really twisted, like Hellraiser and stuff like that. I just can't watch them. I don't understand what, what the point is anymore. Well, Carrie, it's funny you should say that. I'm a little, you know, like, okay, I grew up in the era of when, uh, you know, Freddie and Jason and uh, I, uh, Michael Myers and Hellraiser. Yeah, Hellraiser was a bit, yeah, out there. Uh, you know, I mean, I, 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 you know, I have a better appreciation for it now. I guess maybe it's nostalgia mm-hmm. helps a little bit. But, um, you know, I mean, I've always loved Michael Myers, but that's not really a gore fest. I mean, it's really more like, Psycho, the original Psycho, than it is from the the you know slasher movies that followed in its wake. Uh, right. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, I still, you know, I still prefer the, you know, the the, the original. I, I just always like, you know, I've always been fascinated by, you know, creepy, you know, spooky stuff, you know, ghosts and vampires and werewolves and stuff like that. Um, and, but now I'm not into the you know stuff like. Uh, Saw and Hostel and all this. I've seen them and I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, right. There's, there's I, the not really thing. anyone to root for. And yeah, you know. Yeah, because uh, I accidentally watched Spit on Your Grave, and I was like, "What the hell? Like, is this really? Oh, yeah. uh, did mm. they really allow this to be filmed? Or you know, I just just didn't." I actually thought it was a horror movie, but it was actually a hostage and raping movie. Yeah, furthermore, the title's a bit of a snowmer at no time. At no point does anyone's grave actually spit on, but yeah. That's exactly what I'm saying. So I thought yeah. if it had to do with graves, and it would be creepy, but it's actually had to do with revenge. And so I guess uh, the horror movie deal has got kind of mixed up. 
you know, I yeah, do I like all. As I understand, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. As no, I understand it, the original title was the original title for it was Day of the Woman, but for whatever reason, I guess executive meddling, they thought for some reason I spit on your grave was going to be more marketable or something like that. But, yeah, because yeah, uh, you it's get not tricked really, into watching it. I, it. It took some time for me to. I actually only saw that or that film like in recent years. I'm just see the thing is stuff that's more that stuff that actually could happen. I'm kind of a little more, you know, uh, funny. But you know, I mean, I you know, I don't you know, like vampires and werewolves. You know, they're not at least as far as we know not real. So you know, I'm I'm a little more, uh, you know, that that they don't bother me. But you know, stuff that involves like rape and torture stuff like that. That you know, you know it's, it's a little unpleasant for me. Yeah, it is. It's like a, it's like appalling. Like I can't, I can't really turn it off because how does exactly. it end? Does she come out on top? Is this gonna, is this really a horror movie? Did this happen? Or because the girl ended up uh, in another country? Even I was thinking, I think this has to do with human trafficking, and I don't know. Whatever mm-hmm. it is, it was pretty we may horrifying. May not be talking about the same. May not be talking about the same I think film it, here. They, they, they did remake it, and then they did, like, a sequel to the remake. Uh, Maybe that's what I'm talking big, about. Yeah, that could, that could be, yeah. Because it went by me a few times. I didn't watch it, didn't watch it, didn't watch it. Then when I watched it, I got really mad. So she got revenge, all right. But <laughs> it's pretty bad. <laughs> Indeed, yeah, yeah. But anyway, but uh, I was thinking that, that uh, you do these horror fest things and stuff, and... Uh, you do quite elaborate costuming. How did you get into to these festival things? The festival? Well, no festival, just, you know. The creativity uh, of it all, because some of these costumes you have are, are really elaborate. No, well, they're they're technically store-bought. I mean, I, I kind of add my own little spin to them, but yeah. Yeah, everyone, the pumpkin man, everyone loves the pumpkin man. It's uh, I call him the pumpkin king. And, uh, it's, it's my persona, jack-o'-lantern, the pumpkin king. <laughs> yeah, the Lord I of know. Halloween, but yeah. It's excellent. Yeah, I, but the one with the, with that face, that clown face, really scared me. I, I kind of had a little bit of trouble putting it up. I was like, I don't know what oh, to yeah, put this a, up. A lot of people, a lot of people, yeah, that, that's, that scares the Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, uh, at my at my work this past Halloween, we uh, and it was my idea. Yeah, we did a a, a dark carnival thing. It was uh, yeah, and I was I was a clown. I even did a I affected my my kind of a thing. Yeah. I, I oh my God, that laugh is perfect. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I think, yeah, okay, this is, this is what I think, that we, we get to, at least once a year, act out our dark side. You know what I mean? Yeah. At least we get to, Halloween is coming up once again, it's speeding by, because we're already mm-hmm. at the middle of August, September, Indeed. October, so it's coming. And I know this is mm-hmm. your favorite time of year. Fall is my favorite time of year. And, yeah, yeah, very much so, yeah. Yeah, so it's coming. You know, but I think this is the time that we get to act out and we get to show off this other little darker size that each one of us has, no matter how holy we're trying to be, including me. We do have a darker side. And yours just happens to be creative, more creative than a lot of ours. Well, I, I try. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's working. <laughs> it's working, and 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 it's really, uh, you know, great to to see how you're going all out, really, because I can hardly wait to see what you got going for this year. And uh, now that I've got to know you, and um, you're also, uh, you know, an excellent writer, and you've just gone all into this, and you you do have another uh, new book coming up, Dance of the Dead. Yes, so how's how's your new book coming along? Hey, well, I'm I, I'm done with the story proper. I've uh, I just I'm gonna do a very brief prologue to it, and I'm just kind of like a final polish to doing I'm, I'm kind of just waiting on the cover for the most part yeah so uh yeah and who's, i just who's doing your cover work uh, a local artist oh cool yeah she's kind of slow but <laughs> but yeah a, a slow yeah. local artist okay yeah yeah but uh but i've been referred to by some other local artists who uh you know they claim they could uh they're, they're interested in doing it too. So, and I've got, yeah, I, I'm probably going to re-release Blood and Black Roses. Mm-hmm. I thought of a couple other instances, uh, you know, a couple angles I could add. Like for instance, I don't know how far you've gotten in. You, you have been introduced to Marguerite, right? Yes. Yeah. I thought about uh, the, like her being introduced into the story proper. Where the club where she meets Heather, the 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 damsel, if you will. Yes. Uh, she does some sort of like a vampire themed uh, burlesque striptease performance, you know. And uh, but you know that's because it sort of echoes Michael's earlier, uh, you know, when he he hunts down those two vampire girls in the earlier in the club, and he talks about, you know, because they're goth girls, you know, vampires pretending to be human, pretending to be vampires. Well, <laughs> Marguerite's <laughs> uh, doing that, you know. So. Yeah, I encourage yeah, I everybody I, to get your books if you're interested in the goth, vampire, uh, werewolf story stuff, because uh, I do have people that are very interested in this genre, and uh it's it's really a lot of fun to read, and I really do, do love your spin on characters, and um, I encourage this author to get the Dance of the Dead done if you happen to be listening, and because uh, everybody's like waiting for this next thing yes, to come out. They are. Well, you know, I'm, I don't know. I don't know what we can do I to make I'm them waiting, push I'm them faster. I'm waiting for my cover. It's, otherwise, it's it's done. I mean, it's just I'm waiting for the cover. Okay. We have to, I guess, yeah. be patient. But I don't know how long you've been waiting, though. Uh, I don't want to go into that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's all right. Been a long, I mean, you know, the, 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 it's not – part of it is my fault because, you know, a couple – Things need to be changed in the character designs and everything, uh, you know. And of course, the coronavirus really slowed everything down. So, but, yeah. You know. Okay. Well, yeah, I noticed so, but, there's a few things about you that uh, I wanted to ask you about, and we'll go back to the the undead people. But um, you have a real heart for animals, and not only do you have your own. But um, you've really uh, put your heart into uh, saving animals and um, the care for animals. Do you want to tell us about um, 
your your life and how you you try to help animals and and their little lives. Well, well, it's uh, you know, I do what I can, but unfortunately, there's just you know, so much of it. I donate to ASPCA, and I uh, uh, you know our local animal shelters. I <laughs> the place where I stop to get a drink on the way to work. I mean, they have a you know collection box every. You know, every time I buy something, I put you know with my from my change, I put a couple dollars in their their box, and you know, and any you know anything I see on Facebook about you know dogs needing a home or something like that, I I share it on Facebook. I mean, it's you know, there's only so much I can do, and I do what I can. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you know, I mean, every little bit helps. I'm sure. I mean, you know, it, yeah. Fortunately, there's far too many. I know there's there's always something. Well, at least you have your a kind heartedness towards animals, and uh, there's just so much animal abuse. And uh, I always notice when people treat animals kindly, especially men that uh, have a heart for animals, really um, impresses me with their kindness and love towards animals. You know, and I did notice that you uh, are kind and you know, have a love for, for your pets. Yeah, I don't have as many as I, I yeah, I don't have as many as I did. It's, uh, it turned, it actually, Dance of the Dead is going to be dedicated to my, the two dogs I had. They, they, they both passed away in 2017. I mean, natural cause mm-hmm. is the uh, one, one WD is the white dog. He was, he was, a uh, we found him as a, uh, abandoned. He was like no more than six weeks old, and he was like chewing on the carcass of a dead possum or something. My my father brought him home, and you know, <laughs> I was like, you know, he and I connected instantly. So, you know, so he, he became my companion for 14 years. And, uh, yeah, he was he was deaf. He didn't have the best vision, but he was the happiest little dog you'd ever. In fact, he's a uh, his picture is my cover photo on Facebook. Yes, I saw that. I know who you're talking about. And then How the other cool. one was Jake. See? Oh, sweet. Yeah. I know. I always have a little dog. I um, had my fox terrier, and I got that from her from a breeder. And after she passed, I swore I wasn't going to get another dog because, you know, they, they don't live as long as your kids live forever. No, they they have don't. kids. But and when you've had after, them, when you've had them like thirteen, fourteen years, it's practically yeah. like having a child. So you know. Exactly. And mine lived for like ever. My last dog lived for nineteen. No way, hell was she? She lived for twenty-six years. Oh, and twenty-six when she, years. Yes, yeah, they they actually stopped giving her. You know how they give dogs shots and all that. They said she's. Mm-hmm. We, she didn't look old, so they really were flabbergasted when I took her to the vet, and they said, "Well, we're not giving her shots anymore. I mean, she's outlived every everything, and uh, so she had very excellent health. She killed a rat her last week of life, a big one. Oh my goodness! And she was a, a fox terrier, and they're like they're bred for that. She was a purebred, and oh. uh, that week she. Uh, she had one bad day, and that's the day she died. It was pretty horrible, and I, it, so I just didn't want to deal with it again. So about four months, people kept coming over, no dog, no dog, no dog, 
And finally, he said it was too weird. No dog jumping, no bark, dog barking. So I went and a dog showed up on Facebook that looked really upset. So I went and got her. You know what I mean? And she was my best little friend. And she was old when I got her. But she still lived another nine years. So she was nine when I got her. So she lived to be 18. So then I was... then. Then she passed away, and it was one day the same thing happened. So right away, I didn't want to be an idiot, so I looked for another dog, and uh, I went to court to try to get a divorce, but I can't get a divorce for some reason. I don't know why. I've been married forever. So instead of – I didn't get a divorce. went to the courthouse. I was so frustrated. I went to the dog pound and got a dog, and that's my little friend now. So she's like six pounds, the tiniest dog I've ever got. And she is mean. She's a one-woman dog. <laughs> she doesn't like yeah. anybody. <laughs> she barks at everybody, and she likes me only. I've never had a one-woman dog before. I know dogs mm. like that exist, but I didn't oh, know yeah. I'd have one. Usually yeah. they're like wolves or something. They're like one person, yeah. that's it. This is it. So, now let's get back to our horror stuff. Um, I know Lon Chaney Jr. is the most fabulous werewolf man forever, you know. And I I happen to like a lot of the, the wolves that came after him. And one, I wanted to know what's your, your werewolf actor people that you like. Uh, let's, let's go see. Hollywood. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, well, of course, Bella Lugosi and Boris Karloff, the gruesome twosome, I, you know. Uh, yeah, of course. And I, I love, I love Vincent Price. I mean, he was, I, I would have loved to have met him in person. He just, <sighs> Me too. I mean, all accounts I heard about him, he was just such a great guy. You know. Class act. Uh, yes, yes, very much so. Uh, and I mean, the more moderns, uh, you know, uh, I, I enjoy, uh, I like, I, Jeffrey Combs from Reanimator. He's. I mean, he, 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 I think he brings a certain dignity to all of his roles. You know, uh, uh, and uh, hmm, some other one. You know. How about Benicio del Toro to bring it way up to kind of? Oh, well, I didn't. I don't think of him as a horror star, but yeah, I, I thought he did a fine job as the Wolfman, and of course. Yeah. Anthony Hopkins is his father. I mean, you know. I you know. know. Gotta... Wasn't that totally gruesome? The whole oh, yeah. movie. I mean, Go ahead. I have yeah. to watch. Excuse me. I have to watch it over and over again. So it's so totally horrible. Yeah. Anthony Hopkins. He's a. He's a. Yeah. Basically. A, I mean, I consider him like our greatest living actor. So you know, I mean, of it, our time. I know. I mean, as Van Helsing and Bram Stoker's Dracula, he he stole that. I mean, it's you know he sure did. It's, too, it's just it's awesome. too bad he and Gary and, and Gary Oldman too, and it's too bad he and Gary Oldman didn't share, share more scenes together as you know. I mean, as as the arch enemy, you know, Van Helsing and Dracula. Oh no, no kidding. Oh, he well, has. Good. Good. Well, well, I, mean, I was just a... thinking, but what's his name? Could have, I don't know. His accent was just a little corny. The uh, Gary Oldman? No, Gary Oldman was perfection. It was what's his name? Oh, uh, oh Keanu Reeves. 
Yes. Right? Yes. yes. I didn't think he was that bad. I mean, he was heated better than I expected. So I'm thinking, uh, Ed <laughs> is going to be is going to be Jonathan Harker and bro. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It was just sort okay. of it was it was a little intriguing okay, yeah. but kind of corny. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. If but I may the touch other a little two, bit, superb. Oh yeah. Actually, uh, now this, that I'm thinking about it. Uh, what's her name? Was it just as cornball as Keanu Reeves? Winona so Ryder. Had a, yes, they both had a little bit of cornball, so they're like a matching set. So that was okay, I guess. Yeah, I was kind of thinking the same thing. Uh, the girl from Edward Scissorhands and Beetlejuice. Yes. <laughs> Mina. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but the other ones, I think everybody else that was all classic. It was just gorgeous. You know. Oh, so. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Okay, another wolf. Guess what I'm thinking about. You didn't need much makeup. Oh, Jack Nicholson? Yes. Yeah, that was, uh, that's, that's what I thought. That, Mary, uh, you know, Bram Stoker's Dracula and Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. That's, well, at once upon a time I called them the modern classic monsters, but now I kind of have to call them the 90s classic monsters. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, he was basically the 90s Wolfman. And, you know, I mean, technically speaking, I don't really consider it a horror movie. It's kind of really more like a darker fantasy one. But, I mean, it's, a, you know, I mean, I, it's it's considered, it's a fine film. I mean, it's, you know, one magazine, I guess it was Midnight Marquee, considers that, you know, one of the, really one of the three great werewolf movies ever made. The other two being uh, The Wolfman and The Howling, which happens to be my favorite monster movie of all time. The Howling? Howling, yes. It is. Uh, it is one of my favorites. Yeah. The, the Howling. Werewolves in that are, the werewolves in that are just, you know, I mean. I mean, they're ex- very majestic. much so. And creepy. Yeah. And just, yeah, just, I mean, <laughs> towering. I mean, a, it was, a, know, pretty good, a pretty good love scene. <laughs> a pretty yes, good love yeah, scene on was, top of it. That was yeah, that was unique for the time. Yeah, transforming while they're making love by campfire. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, yeah, that was a good way to put that, it. That had never been done before. Yeah. No. <laughs> and for the record, I do have a were- I do have a werewolf one coming down the pipes. It'll be the fourth one in the Michael Patrick Chronicles. Oh, good! I can't hardly wait. That's going to be a great one. Yeah. Yeah, you got to keep writing because you got you have a real talent for it. So I hope you, you. keep that up. I am. I'm just I'm, until until I can until I'm uh and not a, I won't stop until ten minutes after I'm dead, and yeah. maybe not even. <laughs> That's it. No, the, well, uh, what is this? Uh, what is this haunting of the cemeteries that you you're talking about? You go into cemeteries much? I haven't done it a lot lately, but yeah, I do like to explore, you know, just old cemeteries and just kind of, you know, see the the dates and whatnot, and you know, just kind of think about how things were, you know, back around that time. I mean, you know, especially some of the, you know, the epitaph, which I mean, the the one I, my personal favorite is always been, I told you I was sick. (laughs) I don't like uh, cemeteries. Oh no, well. I, I don't, you know, but you know what? My family does. My mother really? and my sister. My mother 
always made it a practice to go actually to the cemetery and have picnics and stuff. Really? Okay. I've never quite done that, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, and then I, I guess I to, think it's weird. Yeah, a little. I don't I mean, like it. Yeah, I just yeah, yeah. I I I can understand where where you're coming from on that. Yeah, that's you know. I mean, I yeah, I, well, yeah. I said well, my sister does the same thing. So both of them think it's beautiful down there. There's all these museums. I mean, we had a big argument because they thought I should go down there to see the monuments and all that and what's wrong with me and all that. I said, are you people aware that there's dead bodies in the ground and that there's, you know, <laughs> ashes in the mausoleum? And oh, but that's blah, blah, blah. There's dead. I said, they're moldering in the grave. What the hell? And they just act, well, I do not want to have a picnic on top of dead people. It's just not my idea of a fun time. Hmm. Of course, I mean, you go to a park, you have no idea, really. I mean, <laughs> over the centuries, what's been buried underneath that. But <laughs> oh, great. Thanks. I really, <laughs> I needed that bit of information. <laughs> now, um, well, I visited the cemeteries in New Orleans, and I mean, they're, I, I, not all of them are like that, you know, because I, I thought, you know, but they're famous for having these above ground tombs because supposedly because it's below sea level, the high water table, you know, they can't bury them underground. They're like these above ground tombs. Yeah. And now, now that I found a little disconcerting because it's, you know, almost like, you know, literally you're entering the city of the dead, you know. So you would, you did visit the graveyards in uh, New Orleans? Yes. I visited uh, some of the supposedly haunted houses and the uh, place where, uh, like, you know, witches were. Uh, yeah, they had several tours. They have a ghost tour, a vampire tour. Ah, uh, yes, the St. Ursuline Convent, where the tour guide claimed the vampire lore originated in the United States. I don't know if that's actually true or not. But. And, yeah, they had a cemetery tour of a... In, uh, it's the one that included Marie Laveau's tomb, the queen of the Buddha queen of New Orleans. That's what I was going to yeah, ask you. Yes, I've been there. Yeah, and all around her tomb, scattered about the base of her tomb, was a, there's like a little, what do you want to call it, a fissure uh, or whatever, because people are going to make offerings of wine or other alcohol or, you know, some co- there were coins and uh, cigars and stuff. Yeah. You know, they make, you make a wish and you, you know, tap on it three times and you leave some sort of a offering and, you know. So that works. Allegedly, yeah, I, I, Phil Anselmo, lead singer of Pantera, he did that very yes. thing, and he became a rock star. So, uh oh, that's uh, yeah, that's a uh, another thing is that uh, I well, I know her great granddaughter actually personally. Oh. I was, Yes, it's a very strange story. I was at the VFW trying to be a patriot, which I was until a couple of weeks ago. But anyway, I uh, was at the VFW. I, you know, because my father, all my uncles, everyone in the family either fought in World War II, going all the way back to the Civil War. You know, really patriots galore on all sides of the family. Even my Greek side, you know, came over and fought. You know, we're only, my mom was born here, but all the generations on that side were from Greece, but we still came here and fought. And anyway, um, 
just left my mind even what we're talking about. I don't know. I mean, it's hard for me to say say something about it. Right. But uh, but anyway, I was at the VFW. That's weird, huh? So anyway, <laughs> I was at the VFW, and I was madder than hell about something else because uh, I'm a psychic person, and the things that I was angry about, nobody else knew about until I actually found out what was coming down. But anyway, that's another whole story, another show. But uh, so I was fuming, but I walked over to they were doing karaoke. And the only thing that that guy knew was white people's heavy metal, right? (laughs) He wasn't even doing any Jimi Hendrix. I mean, it was all uh, white snake, everything, you know, just white people stuff. But we, I know that too, you know, but there was not, not soul music to be had, which would be more in my key, you know, but me and this other girl and uh, we went over there, we were sitting next to each other and me and her, sang our freaking hearts out and we're the only ones singing because we're the only ones that had the guts to try to sing that stuff and we did it you know we were singing our hearts out for two hours (laughs) he said he wanted to take us on the road man we could barely do what we did i don't know how we did it really because it sings in whatever key metal's in what key is it in just you know screaming key we did it so we sang our little hearts out and the and the DJ said, by the way, what's your name? And I said, my name's Char McCain. And the girl next to me, she looked like she was mixed, you know, but extremely beautiful, a very beautiful girl. And she had her hair mm-hmm. tied back. She said, Char McCain? I went, yeah. And she said, uh, you Char McCain of the paranormal and the, fa- the the paranormal and the sacred? I went, what? Yes. She said, I know that show. I listened to it. I went, oh, my. It was, oh, my, awesome. first, it was my first celebrity moment, right? And she right. said, you're not yeah. going to believe who I am. I said, who are you? She said, I'm Madame Laveau's great-granddaughter. I said, you're what? She said, yeah. So I got her on the show. I, I've, she's, a, she's actually working on her Ph.D. right now. She wants to go back nice. in Los Angeles. But she doesn't like it here, but she she misses her home. She wants to go back home, but she's studying her. Isn't that nice. strange? Yeah. That was my first recognizable famous moment. Oh, awesome. It was so much fun. I never got discovered for heavy metal, though. <laughs> Sad. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget singing every because you know all the songs, right? Right. But not many girls sing those songs because he wasn't playing no Joan Jett. Joan Jett or Lita Ford or <laughs> none of um the Runaways. <laughs> none of um it was all White Snake all the way. But anyway, that was my story about my discovery. And that's how cool. it rolled back to New Orleans. So I've never been there. My son's been there. So he said, so this is post-Katrina. And he said he walked through there. He loved it. He had a great time. But he said uh, he walked right outside of Katrina, and it's still messed up. And he was very yeah. disappointed. Yeah, he said it was very disappointed that it hasn't been built back up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been there once, and, and it was 2015, 10 years later. And yeah, there, there was 
there, there was a difference. I couldn't quite put my finger on it, but I, yeah, and I didn't quite enjoy it like I did. You know, the, of course, I was there. You know, I was there with a group, and I just kind of like to travel alone to do my own thing. And you know, that, you know, when you're with a group, kind of, you, know, <laughs> you sort of, you know, you kind of little feel a little obligated to kind of go with the group. And, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, he mostly travels alone. He's a world traveler and goes all over the place and sees everything. So I think what his point was is that he wanted to really see the after effects of Katrina and if people right. really built it back up, and I guess they didn't. Now, that's probably one haunted place. I wouldn't doubt it. Oh, yeah, there's, you know, the ghost tours. Well, there's the uh, – uh, her name is – Delphine Lalari, yeah, her mansion. Yeah, she's a... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's a... I mean, I guess people live in it now and everything, but, yeah, that's a... Yeah, the story I heard about her was... Like, yeah. She was one uh, horrible person. I did a... I, for the Hacker Source, and it's now available in on, you know, the one of the... The second volume, volume two... Yeah, it's a two-parter where Michael travels to New Orleans, and it's like week before Mardi Gras, but tourism is way down because, you know, tourists and residents alike are turning up both uh, drained of blood and torn to pieces as if by some animal. Are you talking about Dark Angel? Yes. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I always call him Michael. It's just I, I, I kind of got away from the, you know. Well, I want people to be able to find him. I got you. Okay, I understand. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, my mistake. Yeah, and you know he finds out that the vampires and werewolves in New Orleans have kind of like formed an alliance. You know, so you know it's a little bit like a like the spaghetti westerns. You know, where you know he, he you know one one side tries to you know like get him to eliminate the other and kind of, kind of that kind of thing. But of course he ends up. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, one of my trips from I think it was my second trip from. Yeah, I got home and I just had to, I had to do a story about it. So, yeah. It's uh, in fact they're both named after their names are kind of like plays on old, old the old spaghetti westerns. Uh, one of them is uh, Once Upon the first part is Once Upon a Time in New Orleans, and the second one is A Fistful of Silver. So. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, it's yeah. uh, you know um, I think that. You, you should just keep on writing. I am trying to finish up one book, and I'm, I'm just having a heck of a time getting stuff done. I just can't get anything done. But I do have a fundraiser. I, I noticed you did share it, Jeff, and I wanted to thank you so much for being so kind-hearted and to share oh, no that because, for me, it's the most embarrassing thing I've ever done. You know what I mean? It's just... It was so it's yeah. so embarrassing um, because I am one of those worker persons working all my life, and uh, I just now thought I was going to retire. I'm 68. You think I could? But uh, living on Social Security has is proving to be a mess because I'm in, I'm in Cal. I, I know I'm in California, right? So mm-hmm. my my Social Security check is taking the whole thing takes my, my rent. Rent takes the whole thing. So I had try I do hair, so that's paying the rest of the bills, and I'm not used to this, so I'm kind of in shock right now. And I was like, yeah. try the light came on for my tires today, so I'm sitting outside. That's why I was so stressed and sweat and 
horrified when I came in today from home and I was sitting outside the tire place today and watching all the cars go by. And I almost started crying. I was thinking, how much, you know, do you have stress do you have, do you need in your life, you know? And then one of the young tire guys came over to me and he says, you know what? We're not going to charge you today because this should have been taken care of the last time you were here. And I looked at mm. him and I said, you know what? That was really nice you say that. Because I I don't know if I could have taken more bad news today, and I really just felt so joyful, and I started thinking about Stevie Wonder's album, Inner Visions. Do you remember that album? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I started remembering that song, Golden Lady, how beautiful that song was. And I started remembering the whole thing. I was singing it while I was waiting for the rest of the car to get done. And uh, I was thinking, sometimes you're just kept so close to that last penny. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you still oh, have yeah. to have yeah, faith. Believe. Yeah, you have, yeah. but you have to have faith that even though you're kept close to it, God always helps you in the last second, you know? Yeah. And my friend said, do the fundraiser even if you don't want to do it. So I am doing it. So I have a little bit ahead. Not enough for a laptop yet, but I'm I'm getting there inch by inch. You know what right. I mean? So I did a oh, little yeah. bit of side money, so I'll be sticking a hundred up there pretty soon. So I we just have to do these things, and uh, exactly. it's just yeah. just keep pushing ahead. You know, this goes for all of us. So whatever our circumstances are right now, everybody's feeling the pinch. Yeah, I don't know one person that's just throwing money around. So everybody's feeling the pinch, and yeah. So we got to remind each other: don't give up, don't give up. Just keep pushing forward, pushing forward. You know, because we're all going to be okay. It doesn't feel okay. uh, If I may, yeah. One of the also the novel after the one the one after the werewolf one is going to be set in well initially set in like the L.A. area. You know, it's uh, well the Mm. the title I have to write down right now is it's called the Corpse Kisser. It's not exactly what it's on. I just I wanted to break the trend of my titles being the X of Y, um, and then you know <laughs> Michael travels to uh, you know because it starts out with you know hospitals reports of hospitals and you know cemeteries you know body parts yeah. missing and he kind of okay I you know so someone you know I kind of know what this is about and his investigation eventually leads him to a uh, 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 a prominent once at least once prominent Beverly Hills plastic surgeon. And he's, uh, he, it turns out he's actually a descendant of Franken, of the Frankenstein family. And he's, uh, he's, uh, turning all these, uh, celeb- he's transforming all these celebrities into, no, they're not grotesque. I mean, they're flawless. Oh, uh, no, beautiful. I love it. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's, uh, he's applying his ancestors, uh, you know, arcane knowledge to his own, you know, uh, cosmetic surgery expertise. And, you know, he's, like, butchering them and transforming them into, the living dead. Well, not all of them. Some of them, you know, they're, it's the ones that die from, uh, you know, overdoses or accidents, but they're brought to him to keep a, you know, movie or record deal going or some sort of thing. So, yeah. Not to unduly upset the classicists, though, uh, there is going to be a, just be, you know, he, he tries it out, you know, a more traditional Frankenstein type monster and an animal. It's uh, like a grizzly bear. Well, it's got like the, it has the body and hind legs of a grizzly bear, but the, but the head and four legs of a lion. So, yeah, I love. So that's the island of Mer- Doctor Moreau type of deal. How well, weird! No, it, it, no, no it, it was made I, from animal parts, but yeah. 
Uh, no, I liked it, that premise. Uh, we actually had a real case here in L.A. where a freaking cop accidentally filmed himself fondling the corpse of a poor 34-year-old uh, girl that OD'd. Mm. And their mother caught wind of it. The mother's suing with Gloria Allred. Mm, I can imagine. True story. I, this is in the news right now. Anyway, this is disgusting, but it's true. Oh my God! Yeah. And I, uh, anyway. I mentioned Mokina earlier. I mentioned my old hometown yeah. earlier, and yeah, that's where the third book in the series is going to take place. It's, it involves a dark carnival, you know. So. Well, this is just amazing. I mean, 